Hey, what's up, friends? And thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Chronicles of the Badass Dad. I'm your host, Josh Smith. As usual, I just want to take this time to thank everyone who's uh, been listening and uh, sharing the podcast. Uh, I really appreciate all the support, um, especially all the feedback. Uh, making me, let me know that this is uh, worth doing. Um, and all the dads who have who've been on the episode or who have been on the podcast, all my guests, like, you know, thank you for uh, taking the time to share your story. You know, uh, I'm learning a lot from every episode, and I hope other people are too. Um, you know, I don't know. Like, I, you know, I hope it inspires. I hope it gives people ideas. I just hope it makes us better. Uh, you know, better dads. You know, better men. You know, better husbands. But uh, you know, I can't thank you guys enough for coming up here and uh, and just giving me your time. Um, and uh, you know, I'm always looking for more guests. You know, if you're a dad out there and you got a cool story, um, you got some shit you want to share, man, reach out to me on any of my social media platforms. Um, you know, at Chronicles of the Badass Dad on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, Chronicles of the Badass Dad. Uh, you can email me at badassdad138 at gmail.com, and uh, we'll set some shit up. But uh, my next guest, uh, Dan Goldberg. Uh, Dan Goldberg was a CrossFit athlete that I happened to uh, meet back in um, 2012. Uh, he's, uh, oh man, like I walked into his gym feeling cocky, feeling like I was in good shape. And uh, I quickly learned that I wasn't in that great of shape and that there's levels to this shit. I remember I lived there defeated, uh, just broken, broken ass man. Um, but uh, he's a good dude, man. Uh, loves fitness, loves helping people out, uh, you know, help people reach goals. He's doing some great things at his gym up here in Syracuse, uh, CrossFit Syracuse. And uh, I'm happy to have him on the show. I hope you guys enjoy. And once again, thanks for all the support. All right, what's up, Dan? We're recording. Hey, Josh. How you been? I've been good. I've been good. How about yourself? Good, good. So I know who you are. Uh, you're one of the first guys I've, I've worked with when I started doing CrossFit back years ago. But uh, if you don't mind, just, just go ahead and introduce yourself, just kind of who you are, what you've done, and like what's been going on in your life right now. Sure. So uh, my name is Dan Goldberg. I own CrossFit Syracuse with my wife. We're business partners. We're the only partners here. Um, we've been open since 2012. Uh, I do the fitness and she runs the entire business element of the, of the gym. Um, we have two kids, five-year-old girl, two-year-old boy. Uh, I'm 36 years old now, but I've been crossfitting obsessively since I started like late 2007. Um, I went to regionals seven times as an individual, starting in 2009 and finishing in 2015. Um, I got to see the sport evolve from, you know, regionals being in a parking lot in Albany to the, um, the world headquarters in Boston for Reebok to, you know, where uh, different venues and, and, and now there's no regionals at all. It's just sanctional. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've been around CrossFit a long time. I've been across, uh, been a strength and conditioning or fitness coach, personal trainer since 2006. And 
Yeah, that's that's my recent my recent history. Sure. Yeah, well, we're also going to talk about like your life in CrossFit. Like you're uh, you're one of the only CrossFit athletes I really know, uh, as far as like they made it as far as you did. But before we go mm. into that, do you, do you mind just like going like who was Dan Goldberg before he uh, got into CrossFit? Like what what was it like when you were growing up and everything like prior to you uh, you know joining the cult? Yeah, sure. So I like to think I was a CrossFitter like forever. Like uh, when I was. Um, really young, like uh, elementary school, I used to have my dad hold my legs on the bed and I used to do GHD sit-ups off the bed, like my torso back and up. Um, I've always been obsessed with exercise and I've always, it's, I, I just always loved training. So uh, I was always an athlete, um, football, wrestling and lacrosse were my high school sports and um, always in the weight room. For example, like uh, during sports seasons, I didn't have time to train a lot, so I would swim with I would swim with the swim team in high school before school. Black, it was dark out. I'd swim with them so I could be excused from gym class and then go to the weight room during gym class, and then go to do whatever sports I was playing after school. Obsessed, obsessed with sports, obsessed with the weight room. Um, I just love being in the gym, love working out. And it was mostly bodybuilding, but as I got more and more into sports, I learned about some of the Olympic lifts in high school, did a little bit of that. Um, and then college, that's where I met Ellen. And I played college football at Union College, first uh, freshman year. Uh, didn't play sophomore year. Uh, pretty happy with that decision. And, uh, and yeah, so after college, um, didn't know what I wanted to do. So actually I gained, uh, I graduated college at like 185, quickly got up to like 265, super fat, super overweight, no exercise, you know, smoking two cigarettes and having a coffee and a donut for breakfast. Oh, I didn't know this, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was you, a couple you, of years. You, you, you were fat, smoking cigarettes and, and, and what were you doing? Like, were you in school, if I'm not mistaken – because I know some of your story just because of our history together, but weren't you, you were in law school or something, right? You wanted to be a lawyer yeah. or something, right? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I graduated college and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was really applied in school and I got great grades, but I, I didn't have any direction. I didn't know what to do. So I was good in English and reading, writing logic. So I went to law school and, uh, I fucking hated it. I, I got again, good grades, but I went to make money and it's just like, yeah. You know, if you're going to be doing homework for the rest of your life, like money's not enough. Um, so so I left law school. And really, the only reason I left was that Ellen kind of gave me the courage to do that, to like, you know, man up and just realize that it wasn't for me. And so. Um, so, yeah, I left law school and uh, I called up a, a gym in Manhattan and I said, you know, what kind of certification do you need to be a personal trainer? And they told me I went and got it. Um Soon after leaving law school, I quit smoking cigarettes, and uh, and then I got a job in the in Manhattan at this Equinox gym, which is like just so nice, the nicest gym in um, uh, West Chelsea in Manhattan, and uh, and then I found out about CrossFit there. My my personal training manager said uh, just in passing, you know, you might want to utilize some CrossFit concepts with uh, some of your clients, and I was like, oh yeah, got it, CrossFit. I had no idea what he was talking about. I went on the website. I still had no idea what it was. I was like, what is this? What is this? Mary, Fran, like what AMRAP, what, what are these words? And then I found out it was a sport. And like that, I knew 
it was for me. And I started training like 2007 obsessively. Um, everyone's like, oh, what was your first wad? And I did, I, I did three sets of 20 air squats and that was it. And I was sore to the bone. Like, well, just well, how did you, how did you go day, from being after. like the, uh... so that's like the backstory left law school, went to personal training. Um, Ellen was living up in Syracuse with a great job. And so I worked in Manhattan for about two years and I said, well, I got to be with you and we got to be living together. So I moved up personal trainer in Syracuse for like five years and then we opened up a gym together. Wow. Now, did you, did you start, when you moved to Syracuse, you were, hey, I'm sorry, uh, I can't you, hear you. You weren't, can't hear me? It's gotta be yours. I can hear you. Yes. Can you hear me now? Can hear? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. So, uh, when you, um, like how hard was the transition from being like the fat, you know, piece of shit, smoking cigarettes to, uh, you know, like all, you know, becoming a personal trainer. Cause I mean, to be a personal trainer, you gotta be able to sell yourself. Like how long did that process take for you, for people to take, like for you to take yourself serious and other people to take you serious as, you know, someone in the fitness. Yeah. So that's totally how it is. If you don't look a certain way, you it's, it's, it's harder to get business really. It's harder for people to like take you seriously. So, um, uh, I lost that way pretty quick. I, um, because I had a huge fitness background, so it really didn't take me all that long. So um, I probably lost that within like six months. And then by the time I had applied to work at, um, at an Equinox in Manhattan, I was uh, probably, you know, 200 pounds. I'm always about 200 pounds and I was fit. Um, yeah, it didn't take long because I desperately needed it. I desperately needed to drop the weight and, you know, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't stay a fat shit forever. Um, and thank God, because it's like, you know, I'm sure we're going to, I'm sure we're going to talk about this, but once you're a dad, if you're, if you're, if you're entering fatherhood and you're out of shape, like it's hard. It sucks. Yeah. 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 So when you first started CrossFit, cause like, I mean, I was kind of introduced to just CrossFit similar way, you know, I was in the military. So there was always some weirdo like in the corner of the gym that was doing like, thrusters or bur like doing something that was like just unorthodox to what we you know we thought you know what working out and fitness was but it's always like the crazy guy in the back um did it take you like what was like the intriguing part about that because i mean you're, you're doing bodybuilding um and things like that like i mean like for the longest time I, I thought those guys were weird who were in the corner like doing thrusters and burpees and you know swinging from you know the, the pull-up bars doing kipping pull-ups and things like that like what what was intriguing about it so right away, um, I, once I figured out what it was, what CrossFit was, that it was, you know, weightlifting, gymnastics, and cardio, I pretty much knew I could be good at it and as a sport. And for me, it was always just a new outlet for, for being uh, involved in a sport. Um, I, uh, I was obsessed with athletics, and I was always pretty good. I was a D3 athlete, you know, right. uh, I would have been a practice dummy if I'd gone to a D1 school, maybe never seen the field. So, but I had, but I was really well-rounded. Like I was like pretty good at running. I was pretty strong. I had pretty good body, body awareness. And so I thought I could be good. And once I realized it was a sport, I immediately thought like, oh yeah, I'm going to make the games. I can do it. I can make the games. And that's what the intrigue was for me to, to compete to have a career, to, you know, have all of that, all of that excitement and, and entering kind of a new, 
a new sport where it was training. I mean, half the time I enjoyed training more than, um, than the, than the sports I played. I just loved being in the weight room. I loved the act of building and building strength, building size, building muscle. Um, so for me, it was always like, I can be great. I'm going to go to the games. And, uh, and that was just, just drove me, drove me, drove me all the time. Now it's like, you you were in the CrossFit before, like CrossFit became like what it is now. Like the training didn't really seem to be like, I mean, when I started working with you, like you were already in for a few years, you were already, uh, pretty well established in the Northeast as a CrossFit, uh, a CrossFit athlete. So you kind of like kind of knew how to train, but I imagine like when you first got into it, it was like similar to us. You had that, that three day on one day off type, uh, training schedule. There wasn't like a, an excessive, like weightlifting portion of it, I don't believe or it was really you just there's the wad like you do your wad it could be a, a triplet a, a double or whatever couple it or it could be a uh, who knows just a single you know uh, weightlifting move like when did it change for you from being like this um, a fitness program to like learning how to like train and be like a no shit crossfit across the athlete so when I started I would do um, the crossfit.com watch and that was enough I remember those just crushing me. I remember doing Fran for the first time and getting 15 minutes and having like, I was at my ventilation threshold. I was trying as hard as I could. I got 15 minutes on Fran and that was all I do for the day. Like I wouldn't even consider doing more. And I did that for like a year, just one wad, whatever was on .com. That's all I did. And it took, you know, it took about an hour, hour and a half, you know, with the warm up and the, the cool down and everything. And I remember trying uh, maybe like in 2000 and maybe like 2009, trying to do two wads in a day and doing that for a week and then getting like just I just was on borrowed time. I wasn't I wasn't recovering. I was just right. going deeper and deeper into the hole. So and then I had to back off, go back to one time a week. And then maybe like at the end of 2009, I, I got the the tolerance for doing more. And um and, and over the years, I've used so many coaches, so many different uh, programs online. I programmed for myself a bunch. And, um, and yeah, so eventually I got the hang of it. But there were some, like, there were some times where I would do way too much, two, two three hours, you know, weightlifting piece, a strength piece, a conditioning piece, you know, a, a gymnastics accessory, doing, like, like full on like games training games athletes. Like I kind of go back to like D one division two, II, division three. I was a division three athlete. You know, I could play as a sophomore in division three football, but a lot of these programs are for games athletes, like right. division one, like they work out all day, go to sleep, wake up, they're fresh. I, right. I'm not, I'm not in that gene pool. So yeah. So yeah, I started with one watt a week, one watt a day and I got sick results. I got ripped muscle it was awesome i loved it yeah yeah now, how hard like when you uh because I, I imagine that when you first started uh when you came, when we moved to syracuse you probably started off at crossfit dewitt and then you went and you started your own gym correct something similar I to never, that i never went to crossfit dewitt i never, never went, went to crossfit so okay I, know that. I was a personal trainer at this club my average client age was like 60 average i trained some 40 year olds but i also trained some 90 year olds and basically everyone I trained was in, was a geriatric essentially. And I had left Manhattan where everyone was like 20, 30, 40 and super fit. So I was like, it was like a culture shock. I, I, I learned a lot in terms of programming and training, but, um, but then I knew about CrossFit to it and I went there 
and I said, you know, what's, you know, can, could I coach here? And they said, yeah, but you have to be a member and pay. Uh, and I, and there's uh, something, there's something about me that you should know, like, I'm not really coachable, um, which has been to my detriment my whole career. But um, like, if I don't have absolute buy-in, it's zero. I'll do, I won't do anything. I won't follow. So, so, but um, I went there and I met with, um, with some of the coaches there and uh, I had a good, you know, I had a good relationship with them after that meeting, but I didn't, I wasn't going to pay a hundred dollars a month. I couldn't afford it. And, um, and so I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to, I wasn't really ready to coach CrossFit to be honest, like doing CrossFit and coaching CrossFit are totally fucking different. And, um, and at that point I didn't have enough of the skills to coach it safely. That was back in like 2000, 2009. Um, so I basically have never been a member of a CrossFit gym until I opened my own with my wife. And I had probably been into in like five or six CrossFit like classes before running my first year. So I really had no experience in an affiliate. I had no experience being coached firsthand. I had a lot of remote coaches, um, but it was a bit different. It was a bit different kind of like a model, you'd say. Right. So. Yeah. How ballsy did it was it for you to uh, decide, hey, I'm going to start my own fucking gym, my own uh, CrossFit uh, gym? I mean, because I was like, what, Dude, I started one. You know I started like, we, we know each other. It's just like, it's, it's for one, it's nerve-wracking to do it because like, you need clients. And it's just like, it's not like CrossFit. Like, everyone's like beating your door down to be you know, to join CrossFit. Most of them are like, what is that? It sounds hard. And two, yeah. it's like the business portion of it. It's it's hard to be successful. Like, it's uh, you, you have to make some right decisions uh, you know, as you're going. But like, yeah. how hard was it for you and uh, Ellen to decide? Hey, we're gonna start our own CrossFit gym. Like, not be, not having really affiliate, but anyone else, just you and you know. I remember that the few of the, the guys that went in with you, but that had to be a pretty nerve wracking ordeal. It was it was terrifying. So Ellen, she's she's an entrepreneur. She's a businesswoman. She has had all these big jobs, you know, big big jobs, big responsibility. And so she looked at like our overhead, our numbers, and she's like. We, all we need is like 100, 150 people and we're good. And I'm like, you're crazy. Like, you know, are there even that many young people in Syracuse? Like all my clients, everyone in this gym I work at is like 50, 60, 70 years old. And she's like, Dan, there's obviously 130-year-olds. There's, there's thousands. I was like, I don't know. I'm so scared. I'm so nervous. She was so confident. And so then speaking of CrossFit to it, we uh, reached out to um, – two of their coaches, Colin and Rob. And Colin and Rob are now, you know, very close friends with, with us. And, um, and we said, hey, would you want to coach for us? So we poached them. I'm not going to lie. We poached them, right? And so, um, and then, uh, yeah, we're like, hey, we'll make you partners. You know, we'll you know, put in some money and, and you, you'll be partners. And, um, and so basically they brought over like maybe, you know, 30 members from this right. other gym. And, uh, and then I had a following from teaching boot camp classes. And, um, so I, I, I was nervous, right? We had our soft opening and I was like, oh my God, you know, who's going to be here? Soft opening. We sold over a hundred memberships for the first month because okay. it's always been month to month at our gym. We've never had a year option. So at that point I was like, I felt better. But literally for the first like three years when we were open, I felt like someone was chasing me with a knife. 
And at any point, if I slowed down or tripped, I died. Right. And that's kind of how I felt about, about this gym. I was just like, what if someone moves into the area with big pockets and just opens up this like glorious CrossFit gym, you know, right. that would hurt us bad because our space was small or what if everyone just stops coming like randomly? Like I, it just felt like the bottom could drop out at any point. And it took a bunch of years before I felt like that wasn't going to happen. Um, and now I feel like uh, the opposite essentially. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I also I was there in the beginning. Like, I I was probably there the first the day open. I would come every Saturday after that. I was part right. of your original uh, athlete crew, or whatever your the competitors class. Which yeah, you ever do you, do you ever fucking feel guilty about what you did to us? Especially now that you you've advanced. No, you don't. You don't at all, do you? No, bro. I did it to myself too. So you know, I really don't yeah. feel bad about it. <laughs> uh, I, I just remember me and Joe Mo. We would uh we would have trouble driving back to Fort Drum because our bodies would be like like I mean we've been military for you know most of our lives and you know we thought we were tough we thought we were in shape and you know we were dabbling in crossfit and i just remember the saturday classes like we we, we could we could, like we had to like rock paper scissors to see who was going to drive us home because we were so we were so wasted from the workout but those saturdays were like epic and when i would see you both come in i'd be like ramped up i'm like josh and joe more here we're gonna go hard we're going all out that was awesome those were i mean ellen and i reminisce about those days a lot you know, when our gym was 150 people and it was one group of people, it was like one community. Now our gym is, you know, give or take 400 members and it's like 80 groups, 90 groups. You know, it's it's just a completely different community. Um, and back in the day, those were like, you know, some some amazing memories and awesome times. Well, how hard because uh I remember you know, I was going there. The me and Jomo got deployed to uh, Afghanistan, and I remember that the the, the, like, the the people who were going there, all great people, but none of us were that great. We could all barely get muscle ups. We could all, you know, we did we did the best we could, and you know, but you know, I come back, and the next thing I know, you have gymnastic classes. You have everyone's doing muscle up. Everyone's, <laughs> I mean, like it was, it was like it was, a, it, was a, it was a different atmosphere from when like we, when we when I was first going there. It's just like a bunch of people who were dabbling and trying to get better until where I came back. It was like it reminded me like one of those CrossFit gyms you see on the uh, CrossFit.com videos they would do about like legit places. Like how how long and what you do to uh, to get people to that level? Like was it was it hard? to um i mean like you said you, you, you're uncoachable you know how to coach yourself but like to uh, get people like to uh, you know to buy into it i guess like like what was that process like well i i think it was just contagious because like they saw what i was doing and what i was training and um and then you know i think that first year it was like yeah dance training for regionals whatever whatever that is or you know um, or I, I should say the open and then regionals. And then I, um, I qualified for regionals in 2012, the first year we were open. And then a bunch of people went to regionals and then they're like, holy shit. Like, that's what this is. And they saw the games on TV and things like that. And then a lot of other people got obsessed with it. Like, like I was. And uh, before long, we had people getting muscle ups. We had people and we were attracting those people from other gyms, um, right. you know, wh whether it was um, just the equipment or like the, the cleanliness of the gym. We were attracting people from like health clubs and, and it, it just it just happened. You know, I don't I, I it's just kind of like a blur, to be honest. I was working that first year. Ellen and I would come in together at 9 30 and we'd leave at 9 30 
And there was, I, there was no downtime. I would coach right. four hours a day. I would do at least three hours of personal training every day. And, and then I trained for like two hours a day. And then Ellen and I would close and clean the entire gym every night, seven days a week. I was seven days a week for the first 12 months. And, um, and then we started hiring people. Um, but the, the first like two years is like a blur of just like every day was kind of like just working all day. Um, yeah. So by about 2014, we had, we had some people, a bunch of people who were obsessed with CrossFit competing, but now in 2019, uh, it's not even, it's our, our most competitive year was, was in the past. Yep. And that's okay with me. That's totally cool with me. Well, that was going to bring me to my next question because, you know, you know, you were a seven-time, you know, regional athlete. Like, you were one of the best in the, uh, the Northeast. Um, you know, tr- trying to run a business, trying to be a, uh, you know, a professional athlete, whatever you want to call a cross- you know, CrossFit athlete that time. I don't know. I don't, I know what a pro is. But, I got uh, some sweatshirts once. Yeah. That was about it. <laughs> but, I mean, like, how did that change for you as the year's gone, like, you know, you're trying. You're trying to have a business. You're trying to make people better. You're also trying to go to the games. You also got, you know, all these personal goals and achievements that you would like to do. Had that change over the years? You know, as as you're becoming more of a coach and more of a business owner, you know, and then eventually a parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I let it go. Like really let it go in terms of the goal and in terms of the training. I think it was probably 2017, 2015. I, uh, I, it was my last year going to regionals. 2016, I tried hard, really hard. At that point, I had a young child. Um, Ellen's health, my wife's health wasn't so good, and I tried to work through it. And I got, I needed to get like top 20. I got like 30th in the, in the Northeast in the open. So 2016, I didn't make it. 2017, I tried again. I tried all year, trained hard as, hard as hell and uh i didn't make it again and after the 2017 open i was like that's it i i'm not going to train as much i don't have the goal to go to regionals and um but really i still kind of did you know it didn't die it was still very much alive and really it was a source of tension and, and anxiety and stress um but i had to digest the uh process because you know, from 2007 to 2017, essentially, I was, you know, I had this goal, this dream. And I worked really, really hard. I sacrificed a lot for it. So 2017, 18, it started to transition. And now I am training not an hour a day, less than an hour a day. Um, I, we just finished the open. I beat up on all these young kids still, but I got my ass kicked a couple wads um and and but it's it's good it's good to be on the other side it feels really good um you know ellen had to my wife had to you know i dragged her along to competitions you know regionals and then you know when we'd go on vacation it'd be like okay see you in two and a half hours you know um have fun with the uh the two-year-olds while i'm out right uh all that stuff all that stuff is is um is over and now my life has way more like harmony and right. uh, it's so much better. But, um, but I have, but I, I, I'm upset. I'm an obsessive person. It's something that's kind of part of me and it always will be. Uh, and if I don't have an outlet for the obsession, 
I, I gained 265 pounds or I, I get to 265. I start smoking cigarettes. So, so like my obsession now is, um, I've turned it towards, uh, like, you know, reading books and, and, and becoming a better coach. And I just need another goal, you know, something that's healthy. So, um, so that's, that's where I'm at now. And I'm, I'm happier than I've been, you know, during a lot of those, those years for, uh, of training. Right. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, now I want to get to more like the dad part, um, mainly yeah. because you know, like, I, like you're like, it, like, just go ahead. And, like at one point, you were pretty much a pro athlete or, or elite athlete. I mean, going going to regionals, that's a pretty pre- pretty intense thing. When you got that many people trying, and you're one out of however many people in, a, in like a place of like a hundred thousand people that are going to this place everybody wants to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is now, like you're like me. It's like I'm out of the military. Like there really is nothing. Like, there really is no like. Like extrinsic driving force to keep me staying in shape or keeping me, um, you know, motivated to like to go up to get on the squat rack to uh, to do yeah. to do a, to do a gnarly squat session, you know. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a lot of problems that we have. Like a lot of us vets are having. A lot of people who get or get out of a sport or get out of a thing. It's like find the motivation to still want to get after it because I don't have to get after it anymore. There's no promotions coming my way. There's no no more trophies right now. There's there's there's, no, there's not much. You know, really keeping me besides obviously like there's still like I'm like you, there's still things in me like I don't want to be a fat piece of shit. I don't right. I don't want to smoke cigarettes. I don't want to be an alcoholic or any of those weird things. So that besides that, what are some of the things that you could say to like dads like 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 to find that kind of like the fire that I guess you still haven't really lost? But even you say you're not working out two hours anymore. You're not like I remember when you used to work. I used to, I used to love coming in on on like noon and we're just working out around you guys. It was insane. Like the shirts were off, chalk was everywhere. It was motherfuckers were, getting, motherfuckers were getting after it. Like, you know, I miss so. a snatch. I throw a water bottle. I yeah. I punch the wall, and then we just go at it. Yeah. Um. So all right. So the motivation. I I I've been thinking a little bit about this, and and so, but but to talk to what you mentioned about maybe not getting the motivation is like, you can't make it. You can't fake it. You can't like wheel yourself into a squat session if it's not like burning inside you, and then right. and that's okay. Like. But it's not okay to lose your shape. It's not okay to fall into like disrepair, to gain fat, because that's going to wreck your ability to be a dad. Like if you put on a ton of body fat, you, you know you're not going to be sleeping as well. You know you're not going to have as much energy. You know you're not going to be as effective as, as you could be as a dad or just as a husband or as a friend. So obviously we don't want these things. Um, so – you got to find the physicality that does motivate you. It could be like the high peaks, you know, climbing all the high peaks. It, it could be, you know, snowshoeing. It could be anything. But, you know, if it's not what you're doing now, then do something else. Just do something else. Um, so for me, like, I, I, I struggle to get motivation to do CrossFit wads all the time. Yeah. So a lot of what I do is just like functional bodybuilding where I'm not like, you know, on my back gasping for air, but I'm, I'm getting some good feelings. I'm getting, you know, a little exercise. Um, so yeah, so the thing with motivation is you can't, you can't fake it. You can't force yourself. It's never going to stick. You got to find the physicality that makes you, that, that wakes you up, that makes you excited. So it could be like pick up basketball. It could be anything. It, it doesn't need to really be intense either. You know, like, you could just put a backpack on and go hike or something like that. You know, going out in nature for me is always super therapeutic. I feel so much better, just more even keel. So you know what's really weird about that. I remember, uh, one time 
something about one of us were doing like we're going hiking or we were running or something and you said there's no way i would do that like you were so obsessed with crossfit that you were worried about if you went hiking that you would roll your ankle and that you wouldn't be able to uh to train and get and and be prepared yeah i would yeah I, i wouldn't go and do any fun shit i would do anything because it was like i wouldn't be able to enjoy it because yeah. I'd just be like, you know, what, well, if I get fucked up, you know, like my dream's over, you know. So, yeah, it, it kind of sucked a little bit. Yeah, so, like, yeah. I mean, I guess it's hard because one of the problems I have is, like, I've never really been a bare minimum kind of guy. But, like, sometimes that's kind of what I'm, I'm looking like, like. There's just sometimes I just – like it's like you said, like you can't will yourself into it. But is, there's, is there, like, a bare minimum that you look for or, like, that people can look for? Like, what's, like – Someone just wants to stay in shape. Someone just doesn't want to be a piece of shit. Somebody just wants to be, like you said, you know, kind of reduce that body fat, uh, be healthy enough to be, be around and be present for their children. Like what, yeah. like what, like, is there a time limit? Is there a certain. Yeah. So totally one hour, four days a week, even three days a week. If your programming is like pretty aggressive and what I would do is like just resistance training. I wouldn't be doing Olympic lifts. I wouldn't be doing kipping pull-ups. I'd be doing a bodybuilding split with movements that make you athletic. So like instead of a lat pull down, which is fine, I do a pull up, you know, instead of like a, you know, a bench press machine, I'll do a bench press or a push up. So movements that, that make me more capable, like lunges. Um, I do these movements all the time, basic functional bodybuilding stuff, but I do them at a tempo that's fast. I'm breathing, I'm sweating. And so that gets me, kind of the muscle that gets me some of the aesthetic and it certainly gets me lean, but I'm not beat up. My knees don't bother me. My back doesn't bother me. You know, I maybe twice a week because those, those joints did bother me when I CrossFit. My, my back was always tight. You know, when you're squatting heavy three days a week, your knees are going to not feel awesome, but that's kind of what you need to do. If you want to get, you know, high into the four hundreds, you need frequency but I, I don't do a lot of these movements anymore. I, I kind of boil them down to movements that agree with me and really warm up, warm up, clean up, and the whole workout, I'm done in an hour. But I also, I feel good and I also look a little bit more jacked than I did maybe, you know, when I was, uh, you know, two years ago and I was crossfitting. You know, as we get older, we need to kind of feather in a little bit more just straight up bodybuilding and just get that muscle and maintain that muscle. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's what I do. That's what I, that's what I recommend in terms of cardio, like to get lean. I like now control your diet. Like if you want to get lean, control your diet, um, exercise will help you if your diet is controlled, but if your diet's not controlled, that cardio is a big old waste of time. You might as well just do more weightlifting. Okay. Now speaking of diet, like, you like one thing we like. I always remember you. You're very strict on everything. Um, you're strict on your workout plans. You're strict on, and especially your diet. Like I've I've gone to your few your uh, paleo pot party things that you, yeah, you guys yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how much has your diet changed since then? Like have you got a little more laxed on it. Are you enjoying life a little more? Um, you know, and like, and what what are we looking for now? As you know, as we're dads and we're and we're out of the whole extreme world of fitness, like what is okay what is not okay i already know most of what you're going to say but i'm just like, yeah. like I mean, we're also trying to enjoy life because we're in our 30s we're going to our 40s and you know sometimes oh, i want yeah. a cheeseburger you know sometimes i want to have a few beer you know like what's what, changed for yeah. you and what, what's your advice on that what's changed for me is alcohol i drink now so 
I didn't drink, man. I didn't drink for like, and that sucked. It sucked to be around me, man. I would just be like, got to go to bed, 1030, you know, and everyone's having a great time. Parties, you know, getting rolling. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not drinking. I got to, I got to work out tomorrow. But, but, but that's what made me happy at, in the, at the time. Like I wasn't able to, to derive joy from those situations because I was so wrapped up in, in competing. But now it's like, I, I stay really, really strict Monday through Thursday. And then, you know, I might have a couple of drinks Friday and Saturday. But um, so that's how I that's how I do it. I, that's how I kind of like live my life. Um, I don't I try, you know, I'll have cheat meals like two or three on the weekends. But like during the week, you know, it's like it's still obsessive. It's still super clean and super consistent. And again, that's kind of just where I'm happiest. Like if I start getting off my diet, I just don't feel as good. I'm not as happy and, you know, the clothes don't fit as well. And I'm just kind of like wrapped up in that still. It's like I don't think I'm ever going to lose that. Right. But um, but I am super lax compared to what I was in terms of like, you know, you go to a party and and people are drinking and your kids are at grandma's and you're like, yeah, I'm going to get wasted. That's fine, you know. And <laughs> So that's really where I'm at. I, I, you know, I'll drink on the weekends um, if it's fun, and I'll stay up late and I'll compromise my sleep if it's, you know, fun. Um, if the energy's right, so that's that's where I'm at. But in terms of diet during the week, I'm so fucking strict. I just, I just like being like that. I like kind of like waking up with like lots of energy and doing a lot every day. Um, when I don't feel, like when I'm not on a mission, when I'm not like moving towards a goal, I I get fucked up. I just get fucked up. I start doing bad things, making bad choices, and yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. I think it's all of us. It's like having a goal. Like you have to have something to keep you, keep you grounded, keep you, keep you moving in the right direction. But yeah, totally. So you know, your kids are getting older now. I think what you said, your youngest or your oldest is five now. Yeah. Now, how yeah. much is that? How much has that dramatically changed you and Ellen's like life? Because I mean. Before, like, when I first got you, you guys' life was obviously getting you through the games and running that box. Uh, now that you have five, and I know now you're not really a competitive athlete anymore, and you kind of calmed down. What's it like being entrepreneurs, running a business, and having kids at the same time? Uh, so, you know, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I have, like, high expectations, and sometimes when you don't meet them as a parent, it's pretty shitty, um, yeah. pretty bad feeling. So, um so it's tough. It's a tough balance. That's one of the reasons I eat so clean. It's one of the reasons I have so much like, you could call it discipline, but it's really not like effort. I mean, I just, it's so that I can, you know, really give my kids what I think they need, but I still am like, you know, I feel sometimes under, under delivering, you know, I work long hours. Right. Um, so, but, but basically what it, what is done is just having kids was, um, was was amazing for, to me for a couple reasons but one is it's like your little regional's goal is so fucking stupid compared to like raising your kids and being yeah. with them like like you're a dad now like yeah regionals doesn't mean shit the open doesn't mean shit and that was really 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 good for me because uh you know i don't know i feel like if you don't have kids you're kind of like you're all about you your whole life, yeah. you know, and it's kind of, it's like a lot of, that's a lot of pressure. And yeah. that's not a, that's not a, I don't know. That's not a, like a fun place to be too long, you know? And I think, um, you just, it, it makes, it, it just shows you there's something way more important than yourself. 
And uh, I needed that. I needed that kind of reality check because I had spent so long on this goal that was all about me. And it kind of like I needed I, kids balanced it out really, really well. So that was one thing, a consequence of, of having kids specific to me. Another thing was um, uh, fear. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if other people feel like this, but before I had kids, my worst fear was was like, you know, dying, you know. But now I'm not going to say it out loud, you know, but my worst fear is way worse than dying. Way worse. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that, 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 that wasn't expected at all. I thought this is going to be all golden, you know, like I'm going to have yeah. a little baby to play with all the time. This is going to be great. And I did, but it was also like, who's taking her where, you know, Oh, yeah. I should go. I'm going too. they're going to the mall with my daughter. No, they're not. <laughs> you know, that type of stuff was like, was surprising. I didn't anticipate that. And so that took me some time to digest and kind of get, get used to. And now you know, it's been five years. I'm, I'm more kind of like, you know, relaxed about all that stuff. So, um, but now my daughter, she's, she's straight up like, you know, she's grown. Like five yeah. is, that's pretty grown. You know, like yeah. obviously yeah. adult. It's like, she's got, she's asking these deep questions and she's like, <laughs> like figuring shit out on her own. I'm like, wow. You know, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, shit, man. I really don't have anything else. You pretty much hear everything I wanted to talk about. Uh, yeah. You know, I appreciate the time. I know, I know you're a busy man. Uh, you know, you're doing a podcast from the uh, from the uh, employee room of the uh, the CrossFit. Thanks for gym. asking me. Thanks for asking yeah, me, man. man. I just like doing this. Yeah, man. Well, once again, I appreciate it. Uh, tell Ellen I said hi, and uh, maybe I'll come down and visit you guys soon. Yeah, man. If you see Jomo anytime, tell him I said hello. All right, man. We'll do. You take it easy. All right, later, bro.